hello and welcome back to literally heinous thank you guys so much for listening to last week's episode just really means a lot i always get nervous doing more like personal ones because while i'm recording it i'm thinking to myself who the fuck cares about what i'm saying and i always get more nervous to put them out because i mean i can talk shit about celebrities all day like that means something to me but like talking about my inner demons I'm like this conflicts with everything that I post online but it's always really refreshing when my friends like reach out and it's so shocking to me like how much of us are dealing with the same issues and the same struggles um so it's a good reminder for me to just you know talk about what I'm dealing with more often and stop censoring myself I find that with like body image stuff it's hard to talk about it unless if you're being like body positive but like sometimes I'm body negative like about myself and I find that I like I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to like trigger someone or like I don't know what my friends are going through so I just kind of like keep it to myself because I don't want to offend anyone or like make anyone feel bad about themselves because I feel bad about myself um so I'm still trying to like walk that line but I think ultimately at the end of the day if you're just being your authentic self and speaking your own truth and like we should be having these vulnerable conversations um I saw Barbie again for the second time I took my boyfriend Jack and he loved it which I knew that he would like it and seeing it the second time it was even better I genuinely think that I could watch Barbie anytime I'm sad and automatically feel better the cellulite comment still bothered me and I forgot that they tripled down on it like they bring it up three separate times in the movies and I was like oh my god this is so annoying but it's okay I still love the movie and I really did like it better the second time the first time that I saw it I thought that the ending was kind of dragged out and there was so much resolution like it was solving Barbie's anxiety Ken taking over whatever and then like Ken's anxiety and then like the mom's anxiety and then like the Mattel stuff and it was just like a lot of resolution and like so much conclusion but the second time I saw it it didn't bother me as much I think because I knew that it was about to end and like I knew what to expect um I hate that Barbie is being so politicized and being and like now it's like a liberal thing which is so annoying because it's really like not that political in my opinion at all I don't even think it's political and I think that any woman regardless of what like political affiliation they lean towards like if you have eyes as a woman like you know that we're in a patriarchy like it's not up for debate so like I just don't even think it's political and now it's so sad because there are all these people that like really could benefit from seeing it that aren't gonna see it um I just think and like for men to like oh it's a man-hating movie like it's really not it's just like if you're part of the problem then you might be offended but if you're not part of the problem then you will just like recognize it for something that it is that it's just like a funny commentary anyways I am really excited for Oscar season this year there's so many good movies coming up that I'm so excited about so I am really looking forward to this one movie coming out called Saltburn and it's from the same director as Promising Young Woman which was an amazing movie if you haven't seen it oh my god like it was literally so good and it's the same production company as Margot Robbie so Margot Robbie if you didn't know she and her husband have a production company called Lucky Chap Productions or Lucky Chap Entertainment and their mission basically is to just um like produce movies like written and directed by women or like uplifting like female voices and that's just why Margot Robbie is just such a fucking baller like I am on my Margot Robbie bullshit I have been forever and I'm gonna get back to the Saltburn thing but I have to finish this thought when I first saw Wolf of Wall Street and like whenever it came out in like 2012 or 2011 whenever that was and like I saw Margot Robbie she obviously stole the show and I remember thinking like, oh, great, here's some like unknown blonde actress who like I'm, we're probably never going to see her again or she's just going to be like the new Megan Fox or like the new like hot actress. And what Margot Robbie has done with her career is incredible. Like people talk about how like there's pretty privilege, but then like when they're in pretty privilege just goes so far, like too far in that like the only thing that you can be is pretty like it's kind of an exhausting trap to get out of. And I definitely could see a world in which, and I think like Margot Robbie like kind of got famous at the right time. Like I think that Megan Fox really suffered from this, but also maybe like Megan Fox like doesn't really have the same like drive or like career desires that 
Margot Robbie has, but um, like Margot just getting typecasted as like the pretty, just like the beautiful character and just like this like character like written by men because like she's so beautiful, whatever. But she's gone so far and like she's been in so many amazing movies and she's like made so much money that she can like start her own production company. And I think when she did I, Tanya, which is um, a movie that she produced, she was like heinous in that movie. I saw that movie a few years ago and this is so bad, but I didn't even know Margot Robbie was Tanya, Tanya Harding, the, the figure skater. She looked just like heinous in it. And like sometimes I raw dog movies. I don't really do this anymore, but I used to like just pick a movie that I knew nothing about and not Google it the entire time just to enjoy it. And when I found out it was her at the end, I was shocked. And I think that there's really something to be said for like celebrities and actors, singers, whatever, who can be ugly and like are okay and embracing being ugly like for a role like Charlize Theron and like Jennifer Lawrence and like Sydney Sweeney, like all these like beautiful actresses who can like really like get into the part. And I think it can do a lot to like make people actually take you seriously as an actor and now Margot Robbie is like producing all these amazing movies um, like Barbie. And I saw that she just got like a $50 million payout, which is insane. And I love that she's like is still beautiful and like she plays the beautiful roles like Barbie, but she can also like she just has so much range. So anyways, this movie Salt Burn, it's directed by the same director as Promising Young Woman. You have to go watch it. So the movie's about a young college student who becomes obsessed with his roommate like his rich schoolmate and his wealthy family and the schoolmate is Jacob Elordi and Rosamund Pike is in it and it's just gonna be such a good movie and sometimes I just get in a rabbit hole of like what's coming out and I'm just super excited for what is to come later this year and I will definitely be doing an Oscars episode even though I didn't get I wanted to this past year but once Oscars like actually rolled around there I did not want to see a lot of the movies and I didn't think it'd be that good of an episode so I cut it I was also very excited for the Emmys, which were supposed to be in September, but then they got pushed to January because of the SAG strike. And the Emmys this year are going to be crazy. It's like Succession, White Lotus, Better Call Saul, and The Last of Us. And there, there's like more too that are being nominated. I fucking loved The, the Last of Us. I thought it was so good. Um, so yeah, that will be Bloodbath, but I guess we don't have to worry about that till January, which still gives me time to watch White Lotus because that is something that I never really hopped onto, but I will. Anyways, I'm interested to see if Barbie will get nominated for Oscars. I mean, I, it definitely will get nominated. I guess I'm just interested to see which ones. I think that I would predict like screenplay maybe, but if it were up to me, I would give every Oscar to Barbie. So I did get back on my exercise game, kind of. Um, I'm doing yoga now, so I signed up for a yoga membership at this studio that is like walking distance from where I'm living right now, and it's been really good. I've been to two classes, and it's definitely like an easier yoga studio. Like I've been to some like crazy ones where like everyone is like spinning on their head and like flipping upside down, balancing on a pinky, but this one is pretty normal, but I'm also just over like okay I'm always like I always want what I can't have like when I'm in my workout class era oh my god I just started clicking the pen again which is what ruined my episode last time I am throwing this away so when I was in my workout class era I'm always like looking at everyone else and, like everyone knows what they're doing like everyone knows the teacher like what the fuck is going on and I'm like I wish I were in a gym like so I were like solitary like and like listening to my own music is really nice like sometimes they play bad music and I can't like get pumped to that but then when I'm in like my solo gym era, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I wish I had a workout class like or sometimes like I'll leave the gym early because like no one's stopping me. I just have no workout ethic. Like all I want in life is to be the kind of person that like loves to work out, that like knows what to do at the gym, that like has a set schedule, like that can just kind of like go to the gym like without thinking about it. Or, and, like, I just can't. Like, I'm never going to be like that. Like, if I weren't concerned about, like, my long-term health and my, like, body, I would never work out. But I have to. Okay, so for today's episode, I am going to talk about some celebrities that I defend. So these are people that definitely get a lot of flack in public that I personally love. I'm not like absolving any of these people of any criticisms like I'm still 
like my point is to not say like they're perfect and they can do no wrong like I'm just saying like why I continue to support them even if I think that they're unpopular if they're becoming unpopular okay so my first one is Ben Platt I became a Ben Platt fan I think in the last few years so Ben Platt is like the ultimate ultimate theater kid so he's like 30 years old right now 29 or 30 he grew up in LA and he became famous for originating the role of Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen the musical on Broadway in 2016 and 2017 so by originating the role that means like when the musical was like created and produced and put on Broadway, he was like the very first one. So it's like Idina Menzel for Elphaba or like Kristen Chenoweth for Glinda. He was like the OG. So Dear Evan Hansen swept at the Tonys. I don't know like a ton about the Tonys, but I feel like, I don't know. The Tonys are like one of those things. I feel like for every, every year there's like one big musical and I feel like it's just obvious like what's gonna sweep like when it was Hamilton's year like Hamilton won every single one and then like Dear Evan Hansen won every single one and then like Town, and like when it was Wicked so it's like it's not really fair you know like with Oscars I feel like there's usually a pretty even distribution so I don't know he now okay by the time he was 24 he had, and this is just for his role in Dear Evan Hansen, he now has a Grammy, a Tony, and an Emmy. At 24, he had all of those. So he's just an Oscar away from an EGOT at 24. So he got the Grammy for, like, Best Musical Album, the Tony, obviously, for, like, his Best Actor Award and, like, Best Musical Award. And then this is where it's weird, but he got an Emmy for, like, a daytime performance on, like, Good Morning America when he, like, promoting Dear Evan Hansen. That's, like, the weird thing about Emmys is, like, because there's daytime Emmys. So, and, like, Emmys, it's not just, like, shows. Like, there's Emmys for, like, so many things. Like, for news and, like, talk shows and all this stuff. So, it's honestly, like, not that hard to get an Emmy. Anyways, it's still hard to get an EGOT. But he is, like, just he's just a get right now by 24. He first got famous or, like, first kind of started in the spotlight because he was in Pitch Perfect. I'm not a Pitch Perfect connoisseur. I always thought those movies were stupid. I'm sorry. So he paid, he played Benji Applebaum, um, horrible Jewish name, um, in Pitch Perfect 1 or 2, 1 and 2, and then he was Dear Evan Hansen, and then he had a show on Netflix for a little bit called The Politician. I did not really watch that show. Um, he is like best friends with Beanie Feldstein. So him, Beanie Feldstein, and this other girl, Molly Gordon, have kind of this like theater, like mean kid vibe to me. Maybe not like mean, but definitely like the two girls and like their gay best friend. Like they're all just like super close. So he went to high school with Molly Gordon. And you might not know who Molly Gordon is. I honestly didn't really know who she was until a few weeks ago I think she's about to get really big so she was in Shiva Baby if you saw that I fucking love that movie you should go see it and she's about to be in a few more things coming out um and Beanie Feldstein was she was in Booksmart she was um Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl until she basically got kicked off and Leah Michelle had to replace her and she was also in Lady Bird and she's Jonah Hill's sister so Ben Platt grew up in LA and went to Harvard Westlake which is like the school in LA that like every celebrity went to every like celebrities kids went to and Ben Platt is a certifiable Nepo baby and we all know that I'm a Nepo baby apologist but I'm gonna remain objective and tell you what his relation is so his father Mark Platt is a very famous movie producer so he produced Legally Blonde, Wicked on Broadway. He produced La La Land. He started as a movie producer and then, or a Broadway producer, and then he became a movie producer. His mother, he, she's a philanthropist. Um, she works for the Jewish Federations and serves on the board of trustees at UPenn, where she and Mark met. Um, they've funded a theater space called the Platt Student Performing Arts House. So his parents are loaded. Um, his dad's like very involved, like a big time movie producer. And then the mom is like philanthropist. Like they have a whole theater at Penn, like dedicated for their family. So Ben Platt, I like to say, you know, got famous kind of at the wrong time. I think that had 
he gotten bigger maybe like five years ago I don't think he would be as like hated as he is now because he is like the literal poster child of Nepo babies so when the Nepo baby started like conversation I feel like kind of like two three years ago is like really the first time I heard it and like when people started talking about it the first time I learned what nepotism was was my high school AP European history class I learned nepotism because we were talking about like monarchies and stuff and then when I heard nepo baby I like knew it immediately I was like oh that's hilarious so right when people started talking about like nepo babies and like people and also like I've been hip for a long time just like it's just like something I've always known and just like always accepted and it's never even bothered me that like famous people usually had famous parents because my dad would always tell me like like whenever I would talk about a celebrity when I was younger my dad would say like oh their parents are this person like Nicole Richie like her dad is Lionel Richie like Miley Cyrus her dad is Billy Ray Cyrus it's just something like my dad and I have always talked about pop culture and it was something that we could connect on. I remember as a kid, like when there were famous people that I knew and my dad would be like, oh, they're related to this person. Like I loved Ashley Simpson. And then I was like shook finding out that she was Jessica Simpson's sister. So I, maybe that's like why Nepo babies have always, have never really bothered me because like, it's just something that I've always known and that I've always accepted. And like, I've Anytime I like get interested in a celebrity, I always go to their Wikipedia and like look up where they came from. And I remember like reading on TikTok and like watching people discover like their favorite actors and actresses had famous parents and being like shook by it. And I'm like, do you guys not read Wikipedia? Like I read Wikipedia like it's the news. Um, Anyways, so converging at the same time. The Nepo Baby conversation is happening maybe like two or three years ago. And then there's a movie adaptation of Dear Evan Hansen, the musical. So they're turning the musical into a movie with him reprising his role from only four years earlier. And there was a lot of backlash. One, because the trailer was bad and the movie looked stupid. Two, because Ben Platt looked old and he was miscast. So the movie's about a high schooler. Um, it's about like a depressed high schooler. I honestly don't. That's honestly all I know. I think he like tries to kill himself and then like goes viral, something like that. So he's supposed to play a high schooler, but he just looked really old. In reality, he was only 27, which I mean, I guess like is, I don't know, 10 years older than like a high schooler. But Alexa Demi was like 43 in Euphoria. And I think that it's kind of like casting people that aren't like on like the correct age. That doesn't really bother me either. It's kind of more so like, does it work? Like so many like 20 somethings play high schoolers and like it's fine. But he just like particularly looked old. And then the movie was produced by his dad. So like in the trailer, you can see produced by Mark Platt. So it's like, okay, you made this bad movie and you casted your son who shouldn't have even been in this role because he's too old to play this role. So I feel like since then, like whenever Nepo baby conversations would start happening, like Ben Platt was kind of always at the center of it when like he wasn't really that famous before this. So like, yeah, he was pretty well known, like in the theater realm. He's kind of has like a niche, like he's not going to be in any Marvel movies. Like he's pretty much solidified himself in the like Broadway, like musical theater, like kind of like gay corner of media. So he wasn't really that famous to begin with. So he kind of had a lot to lose because now anytime like he would post something or if something he did went viral, it was like Nepo baby, Nepo baby, because that's like all he was known for. So in 2022, when the New York magazine Nepo baby magazine came out, he was like right on the cover. First of all, that magazine cover like altered the trajectory of something. I don't know, like there was something in the air when they made that. So now he's like even more cemented as this. So then he doubles down and in a recent Rolling Stone interview, he was being interviewed about his new movie called Feeder Camp with Molly Gordon. And the interviewer asked him, you were on the cover of New York Magazine's Nepo Baby issue. I'm curious, what was your response to that? And what do you make of the whole discourse? Ben says, we're going to skip right over that if we can. No comment. Then the publicist intervenes. If we could just focus on theater camp, that would be great. Thank you. Then the interview continues. Okay. This just like, I'm 
Okay, this is where I like am trying to like play devil's advocate here because I'm wondering maybe Ben didn't know that like this Q&A was going to be published verbatim and I have to wonder like would this interview be published verbatim if that little skerfuffle didn't happen? So I'm inclined to believe that like Ben would have the foresight to know like if he didn't want to comment on it, like it was going to be bad. But I also, I don't know, like I kind of, it would be easy for Ben to just, you know, do the classic like pandering, you know, like I've had a really privileged life and I'm super blessed and like I want to use my platform, whatever. He could have said that, which would have been really easy and it would have boded very well for him, but it just went so bad and now this comment went viral and now he just looks even worse And now he's like this spoiled Nepo baby and he's just like completely dug himself into a hole when like this really could have been avoided. And if he'd said the right words, he could have like put this whole thing to rest because people have shown that they're not anti Nepo baby. Like people love like Maude Apatow, Uma Thurman or not Uma Thurman, Uma Thurman's daughter, Maya Hawk. So I don't know. It's kind of just like this playful dance. But honestly, like sometimes at the same time, I'm like, God, can't he just do an interview about a movie that he did without having to like address that he was like the way he was born? I don't know. It just kind of seems like clickbaity. And then now like this whole that story went viral. So I don't know. I'm like fine. I'm like torn either way. And all people want from him like is acknowledgement. But it's almost like, is he even in, like inclined to give that? I don't know. Like sometimes I think that they should acknowledge their privilege. But also I'm like, do Nepo babies have to spend their whole careers like apologizing and saying like, I know I don't deserve to be here. Like that just feels stupid to me. When Ben Platt is so freaking talented. He and I've said this for years, like before any of this Nebo baby stuff. He has genuinely one of my favorite male voices of all time. He is so skilled. His voice like fully gives me goosebumps. I can link some of my favorite songs of his. And talent like that, you can't just like learn. Like he has a gift from God. Like his voice is unreal. And it's sad to me that like he like no one if you don't already like him you're he's just gonna be like the nepo baby kid i feel like if he would have gotten 10 famous like famous 10 years ago like this wouldn't really have happened because people just weren't talking about nepo babies and he was just at a vulnerable vulnerable spot in his career where like he wasn't quite mainstream enough to like succumb or to like overcome the nepo babies but like he was recognizable enough to be canceled Okay, the next celebrity we're talking about is Madison Beer. So I have been like a sideline supporter of Madison Beer for quite a few years now. I wouldn't like go to the ends of the earth for her necessarily, but I'm always rooting for her. So a lot of people get confused because they think that she's just an influencer and she's actually a singer first and foremost. So she's been around, like she's been in the public eye since she was 13 she first got like recognized because Justin Bieber tweeted a link to her cover um, of a song on YouTube. And I feel like so at the time, I think this was in maybe like 2011, 2012, that like moment where like social media really started taking off and like YouTube and going viral first became a thing. I feel like going viral Like, everyone was obsessed with something going viral. And everyone, like, wanted, like, was always looking for the next big thing after, like, Justin Bieber was getting recognized. And then we'd have viral videos and, like, damn Daniel stuff and with Ellen. And, like, it was this obsession. I feel like I just remember on the news seeing, like, it's going viral. And I don't know. So she, like, went viral, I guess. There is a little bit of a conspiracy. I don't know the truth to this. I've seen people say that it's true and that it's not true. That Madison Beer's mom has some sort of relationship with Scooter Braun, who is Justin Bieber's manager. So there might be a world in which Tracy Beer, Madison's mom, said to Scooter, like, my daughter's really talented. You should have Justin tweet a cover. I don't know. I mean, I could see it either way. I'm not totally sure if it's true, but that's just, like, one reason. So... The video goes viral, and I remember 
I remember my friend Amanda telling me about Madison Beer and like she's such a good singer but that was kind of it and I feel like she didn't go as viral as maybe like she thought or I don't know I know that like as a kid like you can't even comprehend that level of fame so you think that it's like an overnight sensation but like Justin Bieber was an overnight sensation you know what I mean or like Shawn Mendes like kind of an overnight sensation like One Direction like she didn't really take off in a way I know that she like got a lot of recognition and when you take off really quick and it's that kind of manufactured fame I don't not an industry plant but like all eyes were on her like okay she went viral like she's the new like girl Justin Bieber and then she got a record deal and she and her mom were flying back and forth from New York to LA because she's from Long Island um and then she like had a record label and she was recording all these songs and in her memoir I actually did not read her memoir but I did listen to a podcast summary it's the podcast is called Celebrity Memoir Book Club I really recommend it. Their Madison Beer episode, because they did an episode about her memoir that just came out a few months ago. Oh my God, it was amazing. I was like crying listening to the episode. I was in New York on like taking the subway from the the trip that I went on the Eras tour and then taking the subway to the train. So it's like a two hour endeavor. It just tootled right along because of this memoir. It was insane. I really, really recommend it for a road trip. So Madison talks in the memoir and kind of like these rose colored glasses about her family and like how much her family gave up and her mom like her mom gave up her job like to move to LA and that's kind of just a really like a lot of pressure to put on a teenager who wasn't really that big yet and to give up your financial security and to just make your 13 or 14 year old your piggy bank and just like hope that this career works out like scooter bronze behind it. So she's recording songs she hates them obviously they're trying to this is like very much in like the Miley Demi Selena era I feel like Miley Demi and Selena were like probably aging out at Disney at this point they were trying to make a new one she just didn't like the music that they were giving her she moves to LA full-time and then tragedy strikes when she's around 15 she gets a text from her friend that says hey just wanted to let you know there's a group chat and people are sending naked pictures of you that someone saved on snapchat take a minute process how that probably felt for her like you're 15 years old like I can't even imagine like I'm getting like I'm sweating just thinking about how that must have felt for her so turns out there was this guy from back home in Long Island that she would snapchat who she liked and snapchat was like relatively new at this point and she was sending naked pictures of herself because you know who knows that's kind of like what teenagers do maybe she was like coerced into it so she's panicking because she she only sent it to one person so obviously this person betrayed her trust and she's like I thought you know a snapchat like I thought it went away teenage boys will find a way I remember when someone told me about snap save the app and just being like wow so she's thinking okay maybe it's just one picture she goes on Twitter there's more and they start to leak to the internet and she's completely panicking and spiraling doesn't know what to do she eventually has to like come clean and tell her family and her team and everyone is really disappointed in her and really hard on her and not treating her like the victim that she is and the thing is in these pictures she was like 13 and 14 like a child a literal child she basically I think she gets dropped from her label so she's pursued all of this time and money uprooted her family well really like her family like wanted to uproot her and then everything comes crashing down and she can't go home because now everybody has seen naked pictures of her so she can't go back to her old life and like when you're a kid and you just can't see the future and you can't like see that you still have so much ahead of you she said that she became suicidal which I believe it I mean that is just soul crushing to have to go through that and they hire this internet sheriff to like scrub the internet and Madison at like 15 years old has to go on the internet and search through the pictures and videos to manually send them to the internet sheriff. So she couldn't just turn her phone off and rest and like just be away from it all like she had to do it herself. 
and send everything to the sheriff so the sheriff could take it off the internet. She said that every dollar she'd made on her career thus far, all of it and more, went to taking down all the pictures and videos on the internet. At one point, her team advised her to say it wasn't her, which is such a bad idea. And so she was denying it, like, oh, it's not me, it's not me. And then people are, like, checking the manicure and the headboard and, like, cross-referencing. And then it got to a point where there were, like, spoof videos or, like, people cosplaying as her because people are freaks. And then she couldn't say, like, this is me, like, this isn't me. And she had to, like, horrible situation. I can't even imagine. Like, as a teenager... Like, something like this so violating, imagine that, like, happening in your high school. Okay, now imagining it happening, like, all over the country. And the thing is, she wasn't that famous. Like, I don't even remember hearing about this. When I talk to my friends about this and tell them this, they're like, oh, I had no idea that this happened. So it's not like it was, you know, Ariana Grande where that would be major headline news. Like, she wasn't that famous. But still, though, like, it's people on the internet talking about you, like, strangers talking about you. And as a teenager, that's – you think that, like – you already think you're the center of everything when you're a teenager. And she probably just – like, she was scared to leave her house. She thought that everyone in the world, like, has seen her naked. But I don't know. I just – I felt really bad for her. And I still feel really bad for her. And she's – said in the memoir that she's had a lot of sexual trauma she was sexually abused by someone that her family knew when she was young she was assaulted like in LA she's had this and just a lot of like I don't know like just trauma around being mistreated and I don't know I imagine that she has a very complicated relationship with intimacy and romance because she has been sexualized from such a young age and now when people talk about her the only thing that people say is that she's pretty because she is genuinely one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life she's the kind of pretty that it's like I can't even I couldn't even make eye contact with her because she looks like this magnanimous like fawn deer And she's just so stunning. And you look at pictures of her when she was like 12 and 13. And it's like, God, she was like beautiful then. And she posts like baby pictures of herself. And like, you know, when you see like a little kid and you're like, wow, that's like a beautiful child. Madison Beer is a natural kind of beautiful. I know that she's probably she's kind of had some work done now, but she still looks the same. Like when you when she posts, when you look at pictures of her from when she was like 13, like you can see the the image like you can see that she pretty much looks the same it's not like Kylie Jenner who's had this like crazy transformation like she's always had she's always been beautiful I feel like Madison gets a lot of flack from the public because I think a lot of people are just genuinely jealous of her because of how beautiful and stunning she is and it's like this kind of pretty privilege that's flown too close to the sun so how I thought that Margot Robbie you know, like when I first saw her, I was like, oh, she's just going to be like another Megan Fox or like she's never going to like do anything serious. But she was able to kind of reverse that and then make a name for herself and be taken very seriously because she's very talented. I feel like Madison Beer, she's so beautiful that she doesn't like she almost kind of needs to have something to bring her back down to earth. Her image that she puts out is this very like ethereal kind of like fairy vibes, like very I don't know if you follow her on Instagram and everything that she puts out her music just sounds I don't know what what other word to use besides ethereal and everything she posts on social media it's like these really natural like selfies and she's reading and then she's watching Rick and Morty with like her purple LED lights and she's drinking tea and she's like in her music studio and just very I kind of not relatable and I hate using the term like unrelatable to drag someone down because I don't think that people have to be relatable to be successful I actually love people I can't relate to like the Kardashians because I find it entertaining but in this way that she only she doesn't really give out a lot about herself and I understand that she's protecting her peace because she has been annihilated by the internet and by haters for so many years that it's kind of like hard to relate to her and then I don't know people say that I like her music. I do really like her music. I think she makes a lot of really good songs for like teenage girls and like young girls too. I do like her songs. I think that she has a great voice. Maybe her like 
record company or her label just doesn't push her out enough. Like, I don't know why her songs never go viral on TikTok. I never heard them on the radio. I just, I don't really see them very much. I feel like she has one single that, like, you all, like, might have heard. I know that she goes on tour. She plays, like, small theaters. And maybe this is what she wants. Like, I'm, I, I mean, personally, I'm inclined to believe that she wants to be a big pop star and she wants to be famous and she wants to be like nominated for awards and taken seriously and known as a singer I imagine that it drives her nuts that people just think that she's an influencer or an Instagram model but also maybe she's fine with the way that she is like I follow her on Twitter she has like she interacts with her fans a lot I know that dug her into a lot of holes like 2020 she like people were just annihilating her left and right and she hasn't done anything wrong I don't think I think that she just gets held to a really impossible standard and because she's really apologetic too which is the other thing I want to tell her not to do is she just has she just seems kind of like weak and I feel really bad saying that because she is really sweet and like she seems really sweet but that can kind of come off as weakness like when these crazy stands were like trying to cancel her for saying that Lolita is her favorite book Lolita is about like a teenage girl's relationship with like a 30 year old or something like that. It's some like pedophile book, but it's a classic, like it's classic literature. She said it was her favorite book. Everyone called her a pedophile and everyone said that she's romanticizing pedophilia. And how do you think that makes someone feel that's been a victim of child abuse, first of all? So she's like apologizing for that. Then people are saying like, you know, like you edit all your pictures, you edit all your videos, like you're setting an unrealistic standard for beauty. She goes on Instagram live in a bikini to prove to everyone that she's not editing her videos. She does like a 360 and she's like, see, look, is this edited? No, this is literally just me. And I'm like, okay, I understand. But that makes me feel worse. <laughs> like I would rather her edit her pictures and videos because then I would feel better about myself. So that like even makes it worse because she's like, it comes off as like, look how perfect I am. Like I don't edit. I understand where she was going with that. And I choose to like, you know, that's fine. And that's frustrating because when people say like, there's no way she's that pretty, like she edits everything. Like that's not the truth. And maybe she does edit. I don't know. But it, it's aggravating either way. And she's just constantly been caught in the middle of like being unrelatable and too beautiful and then mean or like weird and just keeps like kind of pandering and like apologizing. And she just like needs, I don't know. I just, I wish I could be her friend. I want to know like what her vibe is like. And I just feel bad for her. Like, I genuinely feel bad for her. She seems lonely. She seems misguided. And she seems like she's really struggled to have, like, a normal romantic relationship. I'm also guessing all of this, by the way. This is just, like, what I interpret. And L.A. is tough. Like, maybe she needs to get out of L.A. I don't know. I know that for a while she kind of ran around with that, like, L.A. cool girl group, like, Charlotte D'Alessio. And then there's some big falling out or something like that. And I just imagine that she's very sweet and like easy to take advantage of and like she's fucking gorgeous so like your boyfriend's gonna be in love with her and it's probably like hard to be friends with her which I don't think it would be hard to be friends with her but I could imagine like in a very competitive LA girl environment it could be difficult and a lot of her criticism is that like she's too pretty and it kind of goes back to the Margot Robbie thing where like Sometimes if you're too pretty, like you can only really do so much because nobody wants to take you seriously. I mean, it's like in Barbie, like you have to be pretty enough so people accept you, but you can't be too pretty so you don't intimidate people. And I think that she just kind of has this like level of beauty that feels unattainable. And the only image that she puts out is just this like flawless perfectly manicured like kind of this like pixie fairy girl like she's so intelligent she reads books and she has her hair ties and tied in bows and she takes bubble baths and drinks wine and like all of this stuff and it's just kind of unrelatable she's spoken a lot about how she doesn't like being told that she's pretty which I guess I can understand not really um I mean and it's because she gets it all the time and it's kind of like the only thing that people say about her because no one really comments on her music I know like this clip went kind of viral I'll play it now 
gets kind of exhausting just having people be like you're so pretty i do think that it's hard to be a pop star and to like when you cater to the male gaze too much it almost like isolates you from women and I just feel like so much of what she puts out like the pictures of herself and like the videos and like what she wears it's just very male gazy and I'm not I feel bad I don't even want to like police her it's almost like I don't even know how to explain it but it's hard for women to like want to like her or want to get to know her when she feels like a threat like she's always on the list of like ladies if this is your like if this is the celeb crush of your boyfriend run or like oh my god my boyfriend just told me a celebrity crush is Madison Beer like my life is over it's always like that kind of thing is how that I find it and I think that she could really benefit from maybe changing up her look and changing up her identity and having an ugly era I would love to see her with a mullet or just like being a little more edgy I don't know if she's like too afraid to like step out of her beauty because she is just like ungodly stunning but I don't know she also kind of like toes this line of being like an influencer and that just doesn't really help with like the elusiveness of being a pop star being a pop star, I feel like, like with Ariana Grande, Lana Del Rey, you know, even Olivia Rodrigo too. It's like, you know them because of their music, but like, that's kind of it. And like, you wouldn't see like Ariana Grande be like, hey guys, like just woke up and like had a coffee because it makes it, it's like too relatable. I don't know. And now I'm like totally moving in circular thinking because I feel like Madison Beer like wasn't relatable and she should be more relatable but not too relatable that she's not interesting enough. Oh my God, this back to Barbie all over again. Um, so ultimately, I don't know. I just want her to be happy because I just really like her as a person. She does seem so sweet and she has gone through so much. Like the internet has really torn her apart. Like beyond the nudes thing, like that was so long ago that like anyone that's like on Stan Twitter now and on the internet, like probably wasn't even alive for that. But she is pretty active on Twitter, which is kind of a bad idea. Like, I was following her on Twitter in 2020 when she was just, like, on it all the time. And she kept interacting with these, like, Stan accounts that were literally run by 13-year-olds. And I wanted to message her. And I'm like, Madison, like, these people don't have a frontal lobe. Like, don't interact with these people. Like, anything you say, they're going to tear apart. Like, they're literally children. And I know at one point she was canceled because for romanticizing pedophilia because she said Lolita is her favorite book everyone was calling her a pedophile which is the most stupid thing ever I hate when people say like it, like when any piece of media is about something bad they're like oh it romanticizes it like oh my god like this movie romanticizes murder it's like bitch what are you gonna watch then blippy like I don't know what else to tell you um People say that she copies Ariana Grande. I definitely see it kind of in like her mannerisms and like she's even said like I love Ariana like she's the sweetest person and then of course the other thing she went viral for was there's a video of her talking to a group of fans and the fans are just like eating up everything she says and someone asked her about the thank you next music video and she goes I was supposed to be in the video and the way that she's like nodding and like looking down and all the fans are like oh my god oh my god really and she was like yeah mm-hmm. but I was in Miami and all the fans are like oh okay that is one of my celebrity burning questions like I have a list in my head of like if I could ask god the answer to these questions like that would be on there was Madison Beers supposed to be in the video I'm inclined to believe no, because I've never heard Ariana Grande talk about Madison Beer, but Madison used to talk about Ariana all the time. And like the fact that Madison would just lie about that, I was always like perplexed, but I don't know. And so it's just stuff like that. And then the like, it gets kind of exhausting, you know, people saying you're so pretty. And then I was supposed to be in the video. Like she goes viral for like her audio clips but they're never very flattering of her (laughs) they never make her look good but in summary she seems really sweet I feel really bad for her um and if you haven't listened to her music she has a new album coming out so I hope that it does really well and then if you're interested in learning more about her either check out her memoir or listen to the celebrity memoir book club episode my next celebrity is Doja Cat so 
this may or may not seem like an obvious answer, but Doja Cat has been recently canceled because she's been kind of like, okay, Doja Cat's a freak. We've, we've been knew that. She's kind of a weirdo. But recently she's been talking about how she like hates her old music. Like anyone who likes her old music is stupid. She tweeted like, my fans don't name themselves shit. If you saw your, if you call yourself a kitten, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. So she's basically like calling out people like stop standing me, like stop like obsessing over me. Like if you like my old music, it's bad. I Or like I hated my old music. And all her fans are saying like, you know, without us, like you would be a high school dropout making music like we like she owes us like she needs us. And honestly, I am on Doja's side because, OK, first of all, let me preface all of this by saying that Doja has done quite a few problematic things. I know that like in before she got like really famous, she was in some like weird alt right chat rooms which I don't really know I don't know too much about that so I'm not like gonna speak on it but that's what some of the rumors are and right now she's like dating some Viner turned Twitch streamer who's like problematic and like accused of assault and so there are other extenuating factors to Doja's cancellation but for this particularly like I'm kind of here for it these stands think that they hold like so much power And, like, the entitlement is just, like, out of control. Like, by saying, like, you know, we pay her bills, like, we're the reason that she's famous. That's not true. It's not like the fans collectively, like, scraped her off the streets and gave her songs to sing and, like, money to book studio recordings. Like, that's not true. Like, she got to where she is because she makes good music, she networked, she has a good business acumen. That's how she got to where she is. I mean, yes, like, the fans did stream her music, but like they didn't find her and she will be more than fine without them. I think that fans and like Stan Twitter and stuff, they get so spoiled by celebrities like Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande or like Madison Beer even that like eat up their fans and like they love them and like create nicknames and engage with them and like constantly say how like eternally grateful and indebted they are to them. And it is true. Like I mean, first of all, I'm not saying that I would do what Doja Cat is doing. Like, I think it's kind of crazy what she's saying. But, like, I'm kind of, like, choosing to look the other way on this one. Because it is good to be grateful and to engage with your fan base because that's ultimately going to want to make people become your fans more or to, like, stick with you or to stay loyal. But I don't think that, like, pop stars and celebrities owe their fans anything unless it's, like, putting on a good show at a concert that they paid for. Because, like, what, like, they don't, the fans aren't literally paying their rent. I mean, you can stop listening whenever. But it's just this weird parasocial relationship that people have with their favorite stars. That's, like, you know, like, we brought you up. Like, you need to give us this. Like, we haven't had new music in years. And, I mean, yeah, you can complain about it all you want. But, like, They don't really owe you anything, and I think that it's – honestly, I like seeing Doja clap back at these people. Like, it must be exhausting, like, having a fan base that's so demanding all the time and, like, we liked your old music or why are you working with this person or, like, when are we getting this? Like, that's freaking exhausting. And sometimes with my podcast, I find myself getting so wound up, like, oh, my God, like, I need to put out an episode. Like, I got to record this. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a day late or, like – I just did a solo episode like I can't do another one or like I've done too many guest episodes and then I'm thinking like oh my god literally no one cares and it's kind of freeing as a creator I guess that like I can put out content whenever I want and like no one's gonna like say anything to me like I can do I can post whatever I want and that's like kind of nice that I don't have people like being mean or like begging me for stuff or like saying like we want this kind of stuff give us this kind of stuff and I am here for Doja being like stop like if you're my actual fan then you will just shut up and I don't know I kind of like it I do however would be you know mistaken if I didn't say I love old Doja's music and like I am kind of a hypocrite but I would never like say anything to her obviously like I would never comment on her Instagram or like DM her 
Like, I just, you know, if she stops making music that I like, then I, I'll just stop listening. And I'm sure there will be, like, some new cool, like, R&B rapper in the next few years. Like, it's not that big of a deal. My last one, I will keep it short and sweet, is my queen, Hailey Bieber, who I didn't start standing until, like, all of this Selena stuff went down. All right. My new mantra in life and, like, pop culture and stuff is that it is not illegal to be a dick. Like, it is not illegal to be a bitch. Like, it's frowned upon. I mean, yeah, you should be a nice person, but it's not illegal. And I think that people really cling on to this idea that they're, that celebrities need to be, like, the best and nicest people and, like, I don't know. And, like, if they do something out of line, then they're canceled. But being a dick is not a cancelable offense, Jonah Hill. I mean, what he said was, like, eye roll and kind of, like, eyebrow raising, but it's not like he murdered someone. And the same thing goes for Hailey Bieber because every single allegation against her, I think, was a huge stretch. And even if they were true, it's not illegal to be mean. And I don't – maybe she's not, like, mean to her core or, like, maybe she is. But the level of hate that she got for the Selena Gomez stuff – is nowhere near anything that any male celebrity has gotten that has like genuinely hurt someone like a Chris Brown or something like that. And I am mad like on behalf of Haley for like how everybody is treating her. And it is extremely misogynistic. And I guarantee in like two or three years, someone is going to tweet and it's going to go viral that like we all owe Haley an apology and shift the narrative. Like, she does not bother me nearly as much as Selena does. And maybe I'll do an inverse of this episode of celebrities that I hate for no reason. And I'm sorry, but Selena is on there. And I don't really want to, like, put out that much negativity because I don't, like, have a lot of reasons to hate her. But in the grand scheme of everything, like, Selena has annoyed me significantly more than Haley does. And I think that I would rather hang out with Haley Bieber than Selena. Okay, that is it for the episode today. Let me know who you defend even if the public hates them I love these kinds of conversations and it's also just important to remember like not to buy into group think and not just because everyone on the internet is saying oh this person is bad they're cringe we don't like them anymore standing your ground you know and staying loyal or just not listening to what other people have to say because again it is not illegal to be a dick or to be a bitch or to be a nepo baby thank you for listening